Here's our big question for our listeners today. If you didn't vote, why not? SMS us right now on 34701 at SAFM Midday Live, and you'll find me at Darshan Mudley. We're based here at the Gauteng Results Operation Center. It's called the Renaissance Center, and this rock essentially takes in all of the results in the province of Gauteng. Our colleagues are based in Pretoria this afternoon, which is the National Results Center. We'll cross live there shortly where our senior political reporter, Matlatse Gallens, is going to join us. What's happened so far in terms of voting districts that have been declared nationally? Over 60% have been declared, uh, but Matlatse Gallens will give us a breakdown of that shortly. The IEC has told us 23% of eligible voters did not register to vote in this election. 40% of registered voters did not vote. That makes up a total of 18.4 million people who did not go to vote in this local government elections. If that's you, why not? And if you voted, how does it make you feel that others did not vote today? Do you feel betrayed or is there any other explanation that you can offer? Maybe it was inclement weather, which we'd been reporting on for the last few days. There were tents blown away during uh, the IEC's voting, uh, voting in various places around the country. Perhaps the electorate even felt disillusioned by the available political choices that they had. Tell us why you didn't vote and if you did vote, how does it make you feel to hear that 18.4 million people did not vote? There were only 26 million or so eligible voters in this election. It's almost two-thirds of that number who did not vote today. Talk to us on 34701 at SAFM Midday Live, and you'll find me at Darshan Mudley. We'll also be chatting to analyst uh, Sitembile Mbete is going to be joining us shortly. She's a lecturer from the Department of Political Studies at the University of Pretoria. She's been looking at what makes up the youth, what are the issues that they have to deal with, and, and did the political parties do enough to attract their vote? Here in Gauteng, nearly 50% of the votes are in. That's about 3 million votes that have been counted in Gauteng alone. Let's put that into scale. If you just went into Soweto right now, alone there's seven to 800,000 people that voted in that area. That's as much as the whole of the Northern Cape today, which has been declared. That's now 100% of the votes in the Northern Cape that are out. We'll be chatting more about this shortly, but let's go now to Cape Town. With over 70% of the results now being counted, the DA has a strong lead in the Cape Metro. The DA was in control of 19 out of 25 municipalities before yesterday's local government elections. Analysts say indications are that the DA will govern more municipalities following this vote. Tandiswa Mao brings us more. About 69% of the votes have been counted in the city of Cape Town. The DA has so far received over 56% of the counted votes. This translates to 14 seats allocated. 13 of those to the DA and 1 to the ANC. The numbers exclude the proportional representation allocations. Deputy leader of the DA in the province, Antol Predel, says the current trends are encouraging. Well, currently the Democratic Alliance is very excited. It seems like we've got a very good result in the Western Cape. Currently, it's looking like we're going to have a two-third majority in the city of Cape Town. Um, the rural areas, there's, there's a lot of excitement. Um, Cedarburg municipality, for instance, we, we will govern after this. Um. The ANC in the meantime says it's time to go back to the drawing board as they seem to have lost even in the rural areas where they are traditionally strong. ANC Provincial Secretary Faiz Jacobs. We are going to study and assess all the results as it comes in and uh, look at uh, providing an overall assessment of it. The EFF is the third strongest party with 3% of the vote in the city. 
EFF Provincial Spokesperson Rasko Pam. So we're quietly confident going forward that uh, we are a well-established party in the Western Cape and that there is room to grow. We know where we need to grow. Uh, we, we know what we're targeting. And just to sew that up in a cohesive strategy forward to 2019 while maintaining the unity and the discipline that we've displayed. Professor Fanny Kluter says the current scenario in the city of Cape Town and the Western Cape puts the DA in the same position as the ANC nationally. And uh, there, there does not seem to be a third party uh, in the Western Cape province that really can consolidate strong opposition for the DA in the Western Cape. I'm Tandisomawi in Cape Town. Now, we're joined in our Pretoria studios at the Results Operations Centre, the national one set up in Swane. Matlata Gallens is our Deputy Political Editor. Matlata, thanks for your time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dashan. So we've had some national results come out so far. What's the latest available that you have? Well, uh, basically what we're standing at is that we've passed that 60% mark in terms of... Um, uh, votes counted so far. We know that uh, at the moment the ANC is continuing that lead even though it's at 53.6%. Of course, I've just lost my um, mark there as things do happen here. But I'm looking now at the leaderboard of the IEC here mm-hmm. and then they're followed obviously by the DA and then the, uh, the EFF is the one in third position with just over 7% of the vote. Mm. Let's just go into a bit of a provision Provincial breakdown, if we can start in Gauteng, the, the economic capital, what are you saying? Look, uh, at the moment, Darshan, it will be quite difficult. My system just literally shut down on me to be able to talk to you specifically about each province. But what I do have right in front of me mm-hmm. is the CSIR predictions around the metros. Uh, you know that these, this is where the race is tight. And the CSIR basically not having good news for anybody at this point, Darshan. Hmm. Uh, Tell us, what does the CSIR say about the metros? Basically, what they're saying is that if you look at uh, the three metros in Gauteng, that is Ekurleni, Tswani, and Johannesburg, and also Nelson Mandela Bay in the Eastern Cape, none of uh, the DA nor the ANC will be able to get an outright majority. It is quite a tight race. Uh, in uh, Tswani, for, in Gauteng, for example, we are going, we are pre- they are predicting that the ANC will get more votes than the DA, but they will not get that outright majority. And then, of course, also in Nelson Mandela, so basically what this is telling us is that in the four metros we are going to have the two main parties needing a partner and if you look at it the relations between the DA and the ANC doesn't see them uh, coming together it puts the EFF in that uh, some have said wonderful position of being uh, a kingmaker because they have made inroads across all of those uh, metros uh, just to give you a bit more of detail um, uh, Darshan in terms mm-hmm. of this there are only two metros that are safe for the ANC and that is uh, Buffalo City in the Eastern Cape and then Mangawung also in the Free State and then for the DA obviously as we heard as Tandiso was, uh, was reporting there the DA will uh, consolidate and grow its support and the CSIR going as far as to say that they will get a two-thirds majority. Metlata, are there any results available yet for Etiquini? 
This is the problem that we've been seeing throughout the day. Uh, there is still no votes declared for Etiquini. We had our reporters going out earlier to ask the IEC, and they're basically saying to us that we have to be patient. They want to verify the results and ensure that what they are releasing is actually correct. But obviously, people are linking uh, the Etiquini issues with some of the problems that KZN saw uh, during uh, the day of voting with some people uh, disqualified. So even with these predictions by the CSIR they are unable to make any predictions at all because no votes have been declared for Etiquini and quite an important one as well, uh, you know, uh, Darshan towards uh, this uh, election the ANC in that province was facing some serious, serious divisions so, and, I'm, and we've seen a number of independents rising we've also seen in the province uh, some of the candidates and some of the supporters uh, being killed I'm sure they're looking forward and hoping to see what actually their final results are. Mitlatsi, mm. we'll give you a chance to hopefully get that election result system up. We've got about 15 or so minutes left to update our listeners on, on the national breakdown and also the provincial breakdown of results. But let's bring in our analyst here, Stambile Mbete, as a lecturer at the Department of Political Studies at the University of Pretoria. Stambile, thank you very much for your time. Good afternoon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we've just heard Matlatse talk about coalitions that are becoming possible. Now, where do you think those coalitions are most likely? Um, It looks definitely at the moment that um, the coalitions are going to be uh, most likely in, um, well, in terms of metros, in the Gauteng metros, certainly. um, What we've seen is that... um, a fair number of the uh, the majority of the voting um, of the wards in uh, Ekuruleni have been declared, um, and um, and at the moment I'm just bringing that up for you um, what the what the, what the standing is currently. But in Ekuruleni, in Johannesburg, uh, what was the case was that um, the in Johannesburg, the majority of the outstanding wards were in uh, ANC strongholds, so Soweto, Ennerdale, Orange Farm, and Deep Slurt. Um And so that could still tip things for the ANC um, to get them uh, closer to the 50% mark. In Tswane as well, we had uh, areas uh, that are, have traditionally been ANC strongholds, especially the north of Tswane um, and, uh, and more uh, rural parts of the Greater Tuane, so uh, Broncos, Braid, Camille's Drift, um, those kinds of areas, still those results aren't in. And so um, they may uh, push the ANC up uh, towards uh, the 50% mark. But if you look at Tuane, for example, the DA in Tuane is 43.3%. The ANC is 47.2%. And so it's not, it's 42.7%. So it's not clear if they'll be able to get enough of a push to make up that 7 or 8% to make it over uh, 50%. It sounds like the EFF then becomes the kingmaker in these three metros in Gauteng. Who do they cozy up to or who cozies up to the EFF? Is it their traditional rivals now, the ANC? Or do they even look at the DA who they often accuse of representing white capital? One of the, the main bargaining chips of the EFF is that they want to change the economic power in South Africa. So who cozies up to them? 
Indeed. Well, the EFF uh, continues to insist that they will not negotiate with the ANC, that they're not interested in going into coalition with the ANC, which, um, if they are going to stick by that position, uh, leaves the DA for them to, to form coalitions with. So, for example, in Johannesburg, the DA is, set, is currently at 43.39%, and the, e- the ANC is at 40.63%, and the Economic Freedom Fighters are at 9.48%. So a coalition of the DA and the EFF uh, in Gauteng to form a, in, in Johannesburg to form a council would push them um, well over the 50% mark. Um, but the big thing is whether or not uh, the EFF in particular, because I think that it'll be the DA that uh, that tries to court the EFF to bring it on board, um, will be willing to uh, to forfeit or to sacrifice some of its strong ideological positions that you've just mentioned. Uh, it'll be interesting also to see how they debate and they negotiate over mayorships uh, of municipalities. There was some talk earlier this year from the EFF about having uh, municipal swaps, you know, swapping, you know, going into broad coalitions um, with another opposition party and deciding that, well, you can have the mayorship of that municipality and then we'll let you have that one and and so on and so forth. And so because I think that it's likely that the EFF will want to have control over key positions that can allow it to uh, to really achieve some of its strong ideological positions. So they'd want to have control over a position where they can control the allocation of land, for example. Um, and it's over those sticking points, uh, it's over those points I think that negotiations between the DA and the EFF will be really difficult. I think what this indicates though, and I think that what we can be certain of, is that in all of the cases where there could be um, hung municipalities, and I think it'll be a particular concern with the Gauteng municipalities, uh, what that means is that we're going to have um, council-less municipalities for quite some time to come um, because it's going to take probably another two or three weeks for those negotiations to happen. Um, and so I think we've got an inciting time ahead. Stambila, we were told today by the IEC that a total of 18.4 million people did not vote. I was asking listeners if they didn't vote to tell us why not. And if they had voted, how does it make them feel to know that so many other South Africans didn't vote? There were only 26 or so million people registered in this election who are eligible to vote. If 18.4 million did not vote, what does it say about our election? I've got a couple of SMSs that I'd like to read to you, Stambila, and perhaps we can then talk about this. Uh, here's an unsigned SMS. It says, I didn't vote vote because I'm a student at WITS. I'm from KZN. So being forced to vote in Gauteng for the local government is absurd. It's not helping my local government. Otto says, I'm glad to be part of those who didn't vote today. I don't trust any politician or any political party. They deprive us of democracy and only feed themselves. Here's another SMS from a, a listener in Durban in KZN saying, I so much wanted to vote, but I'm registered in Centurion. I got a job in Durban. Saddened but happy for the results that are coming out. And then Jonas in the Free State says no party campaign was worth my cross on that ballot paper from September Jonas writing in from the Free State. Mm-hmm. A lot of people not voting in this uh, election, Stembile, for, for various reasons. Uh, what do you make of that? I think that we can't, you know, the the local government uh, system and the municipal election system is a lot more complex than the national and the provincial uh, system, both in uh, the 
preparations for it and who can vote and where they can vote and in the calculation of the results. So what you'll see at local government elections... So the first thing to, the, to point out is that the turnout level for local government elections is always lower than the national government elections. Um, however, what we have seen over time is that unlike uh, in the national elections where turnout has gradually been reducing... Um, We've seen that in the local government election, uh, turnout has been incrementally increasing. So where you had a 48% turnout rate in 2006, you had 57% in 2011. And at the IEC's uh, briefing earlier uh, today, they said that they were anticipating a 58% turnout for this election, uh, which is only a 1% increase, um, one percentage point increase on the previous one. But um, it still shows that there's... You know, there's some interest in, in local government. Um, this is compared to the 73% um, turnout rate that we had for the national elections in 2014. Of course, what makes turnout more complicated local government uh, level is that it's really difficult to vote in a... It's impossible to vote in a at a voting district or in a ward that you're not registered mm. for. Uh, so if you are, as you had the case there, I think it was two of the uh, messages that you just read, the one person is registered in Centurion, but they've had to move to Durban for a job and haven't been able to re-register in Durban. You've got students, somebody that is studying at WITS, but is registered in KZN and says, actually, it's not, I would rather stay registered in KZN um, for when I eventually go back there and then participate in voting life there than to re-register in Johannesburg. And I think that you've got a lot of cases like that. And I think that the parties that will be particularly affected by situations, one of the parties that will be particularly affected by a situation like that is the EFF, for example, because it's got such a young uh, support base, such um, a young it speaks to younger people, and many of those young people are in non-permanent, uh, are in transitory living situations where they may be working somewhere that is different from where they would call home, um, or and, ev and even though they would be able to vote in, the, in that place, in the national election, they can't do that in either of the, uh, of the polls uh, in the local government election. So they can't vote for the ward candidate, they can't vote in the PR for the local municipality um, and if they are in a district area they can't vote for the district either. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, So I think that that's one of the factors that comes into play and then of course we've seen the research coming out um, from surveys that have been conducted by the ISS uh, and the HSRC that amongst young people uh, in terms of sentiment from the surveys that they've done there's just a great deal of disillusionment with the system um, and a real distrust of of state of the institutions um, of government um, and our democratic institutions that has made them reluctant to participate. Well, I've but got we'll, some uh, tweets yeah. that actually speak to that point, Stembile. Uh, Mandla Sambo wrote in saying, I saw no party worth my vote. That's why I didn't vote. Uh, Young Theology South Africa tweeted saying, because we're sick of empty promises. Sinabo M tweeted saying, it's very simple because people have had enough of empty promises. There's other tweets that uh, come through. This is from Lunga in Acorn Hook saying, voting is a choice, not 
not an obligation. I voted, but understand others may not choose so. Uh, this came in unsigned. It says, I didn't vote because my vote goes to the ANC only. At this point, I'm not very proud of, so, of, of it, so I reserved my vote. Didn't want to give it to any other party. Uh, Zipod Lambegu says, uh, I couldn't vote because I'd registered in East London, but relocated back to Cape Town. Was told I couldn't vote because I'm not registered in the Western Cape. Uh, Stembile, I mean, some of, some of those tweets speak to that disillusionment that, that you talk about. I mean, should we put some of the blame on the political parties for just not working hard enough for those 18 million people who did not vote? Indeed. I think that the political parties' uh, campaigns for this election um, have really not captured the imagination of the electorate in the way that they could have and they should have done. Um, the other thing is that the political parties... Um, and I think that we're going to have to see more of this um, in, in the next elections, is that political parties have done a really poor job of differentiating the issues at local government level um, from those um, at national level and at really tailoring their, uh, their campaigns, both for the set of issues that are at play at municipal level, but also um, to really attract voters that may distrust the system and that may distrust the whole process, um, the whole democratic process. I would like to say, though, that despite the people and there are clearly there's an important constituency um, that is disillusioned and I think it'll be interesting once we can get the uh, IEC's disaggregated numbers of uh, like the age breakdown of who turned out to vote for example uh, the gender breakdown of who turned out to vote um, we'll be able to make a more sophisticated um, analysis out of that but I think that we mustn't take for granted that a turnout rate of 58% at a local government uh, election is pretty good nationwide. It's pretty good globally. It's pretty good worldwide. Um, and so I don't think that uh, our democracy and trust in democratic institutions is in crisis at all. Um, we, we need to wrap yeah. up. I'm, I'm not sure if Matlatz is still in studio with you, but Matlatz, if you can no, hear us, uh, have you managed to get the election results system up? Are there any new results you can update us on? Um, Masati is not in the studio at the moment. Okay, so she's trying to get those yes, results for us. I mean, if, if we can maybe just wrap up then with you, Stambila. Uh, you know, looking at the elections, are there any voting patterns that, that are emerging at, at this stage that we can talk about? Sure. Um, at the moment, um, things are pretty... So what we're seeing is that... Um, so what we've seen in terms of voting patterns, let's say, for the ANC support, is that the ANC has really struggled to get people on board in urban areas. And there's been an interesting sort of conversation recently about whether the ANC is on its way to becoming a rural party. And I think we're seeing interesting... Um, you know, um, signs that way um, in certain voting patterns. What we've seen um, in the Northern Cape, and I just wanted to make one last point about the Northern Cape, which is that uh, the Northern Cape has a few important hung municipalities. Um, so with 100% of the votes in, um, there are some significant municipalities in Northern Cape that are um, that are hung and that'll be interesting where the EFF could be a kingmaker there and that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that what we are generally seeing is that this is the most exciting, the most contested election we've had since 1994 um, and I think it's going to be interesting days ahead of us for all of us uh, to deal with all the results. Stambi Lembeta, good chatting with you. She's a lecturer at the Department of Political Studies at the University of 
Pretoria. Thank you so much to those of you who wrote in. We'll be back on air in about a half an hour, so many of your SMSs and tweets will read out for you then. But this seems to be part of the reason why so many people didn't vote. Cecilia kind of wraps it up, saying, we wanted to vote. There were three of us that had no way of getting to Nigel, as that's where we're living and are registered there. We were unable to get there to vote. That seems to be part of the reason today, at least why 18 million or so people did not vote in these elections.